Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal. Alex Brand Progress with Sid. Our the new dog, rescue dog May, who you may or may not hear whining. Oh, Catherine Brandt. Wow. Melissa Kirk. <laughs> Andy Brand Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. <laughs> I don't think okay. it's going to work, me. What a career. I don't think what I can bring her I in did. anymore. Doesn't sound She's like too it. wound up. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to start over. No, All right. No. We'll be right back with the family. <laughs> Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com, Doug Sprenthal. We are having a hiring fair next Wednesday at our corporate headquarters, 7700 France Avenue in Edina. Please stop by between the hours of 3.30 and 7.30. Thank you very much. Excellent job. I thought the whining he did there in the middle, yeah. though, was not that great. May wants a new car. That's why she's crying. Yep. My wife right. wants a car. So, so I've got a dog sick. whining and my wife is lactating. But other than that. Yeah, what is on your shirt? It's water. I was dabbing. I had oh, a chocolate incident. Really nice. Jeez. Life is grand. <laughs> uh, in any case, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back with the family. Our very special guest, Dr. Frida Birnbaum. Dr. Birnbaum, how are you? Fine, thank you. I'm glad to hear it. Analyzing O.J. Simpson's weekly tweets, what do they reveal about the juice? Uh, O.J. Simpson jumped on Twitter uh, this month, and of course, first thing he did was talk about what a wonderful guy he is and how he's got a score to settle and uh, he's got to get even. What's that all about, Dr. Birnbaum? Well, you know, O.J. Simpson is somebody who really has this narcissistic behavior yeah. that he is supposed to have everything exactly uh, the way he wants to and everybody else is wrong. So he has this fear of, you know, feeling isolated and actually feeling less than, as on the contrary, that really does not say that he is someone who he thinks he is and who he acts to be. So he has a mindset of an abuser and of an entitled celebrity. So basically, uh, those are his rules that belong to him. 
It is pretty amazing because the guy is completely deluded. He, for I got to be honest with you, if I if I got away with murdering two people and then did go to jail for a while because I'm a thief and threatening people with a gun, when I got out, I'd be really quiet. But apparently, that's not what OJ wants to do. No, it's not in his nature. No. OJ OJ is someone who comes from a family that were in poverty, mm-hmm. and he worked very hard. To get where he has come to, which is a, a person who feels that everybody owes him for his hard work. And he continues to behave even today as somebody who is entitled uh, to get what it is. So when he sees something wrong, he acts on that as well because he was in a gang as a child. Uh, he was somebody who did not do well in school. Uh, he was somebody who was really put into a situation where being physical was the way to get your stuff, get your things, uh, Mm -hmm. your needs met. So he continues to function, even though he is a high-status celebrity, uh, as someone who's in a gang. His uh, emotional state is being this warrior, being this person who has to fight for himself. Yeah, it it is unbelievable to watch his behavior because it's, you know, I, I've been around a few people like that in my life, being in, you know, the radio business and the record business and all these other things, that they, they just think they can do and say whatever they want to do, and the rest of us are kind of at their beck and call, and that's just what they think. But what's amazing to me is, is that he went to jail. You'd think you'd learn a lesson. He's not a stupid person. If he's got narcissistic personality disorder, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. You still don't. It doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't hmm. really matter. Uh, with what has happened to him. Uh, He continues uh, being the center of his own universe. And, you know, narcissists, when you talk about them, Bill Clinton, you know, uh, said, uh, why did you have an affair with Monica? And he said, because I could. So people, (laughs) uh, you know, whatever. I mean, that was an interesting answer, wasn't it? (laughs) Because I could. Okay. That that, uh, says a lot about him. But, you know, it's basically a part of your brain is wired uh, to uh, not be on guard. Uh, So it's something that's not only impulse control, but it's something that you really have to fight to really go back to being appropriate. So he's really compelled um, O.J., uh, Clinton, you know, presidents are narcissistic, most of them. Sure, absolutely. to have to uh, be something that they don't want to be. I mean, we're talking of our president today, Trump, of all people. Uh, he refuses to see anything uh, that anyone else says, uh, even if he's caught in saying something wrong. He still feels that he's, uh, you know, somebody who's above all that. So when we're talking about O.J. Simpson, uh, it's the same thing. And he will continue, no matter what happens to him. As you said, he was put in jail. You'd think he'd know better by now. Uh, to, he will continue to be able to feel that he can get away with whatever O.J. wants to get away with. And what did he say on Twitter? He said something, I'm going to kick your ass in. Yes. I'm going to kick your ass, to quote him. And um, blast your ass all over Twitter, he said. Um, and then I'm going to cut you as well. That's, uh, that's he said that? Vision. He said, O.J. replied by saying, you just wait. I'm going to blast your ass all over Twitter. I'm going to find your ass and cut you. 
to the person who actually had a butcher, a picture of a butcher knife, this person who was trying to, um, I guess, uh, add some controversy to this uh, on his 25th anniversary mm -hmm. of, the, of his uh, crime that he did commit. We all feel he did anyway. Uh, and uh, he had uh, posted a picture uh, with O.J. Uh, for having sent a card to his uh, daughters on Father's Day to his family, but with, in the background with knives being thrown out there and people screaming in the background, help, help. So when O.J. saw that, this is what he responded to, uh, and he may be held responsible for that as well if people would take him seriously. So he's really not out watching out for his back, and he's very vulnerable, again, you'd think, uh, for doing things that will get him in trouble eventually. No, no doubt about it. Dr. Fried, uh, Dr. Frieda Birnbaum with us, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Birnbaum, do you think narcissism is kind of running rampant in the world, not just the United States, but in the world right now? Everybody's all about themselves now. Everybody wants uh, to have the sense of entitlement, mm -hmm. and uh, we all want to have uh, the dream, which is not, there's nothing wrong with having the uh, dream of being prosperous, uh, with uh, having uh, joy in your life, uh, with having success, all that. The problem with narcissism is that if everyone thinks they're narcissistic, well, then no one is listening to the other person. Nobody is connecting. Right. Nobody is giving in. Nobody's allowing for differences. And that's why there's so many killings. And that's why there's so much hatred if people only knew that they were all the same. And so you're absolutely right. This narcissism is really doing a disservice to the world around us. If you're a narcissist, do you, do you believe you did it all on your own and you had no help? I mean, is that, is that part of narcissism? Part of narcissism is everyone's wrong and you're the only one that's right. It's a little bit uh, strange. You know, how could that be possible? But, uh, but I am. That's what they think. They're all wrong. No, Everybody's I, I, wrong except them. Unless you agree with them, of course. If you agree with them, that's another story. Oh, yeah. If you agree with them, then you're the greatest thing ever. I, and I, I really cannot believe that the, the far edges of politics in the United States, political people, um, if you don't agree with me, I will destroy your life. I can't believe we're doing that now. Yes, you know, there's a fear factor there. You know, yeah. The biggest bullies are the ones that are the most insensitive. Uh, and probably have the lowest sense of self-esteem as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, going around bullying each other is creating uh, even more problems. And then we forget mm -hmm. why we wanted something to begin with. We're so overwhelmed uh, with protecting ourselves. So you have to go back to reality and go back to square one and see how things can be worked out and making sense of it rather than who's right or who, who is wrong can't get caught up in that stuff. We have to get caught up on how to get our needs done and put that ego aside. That is a good thing. Now, let's say you're going to a new job and you don't know anybody at that new job. Are there telltale signs of, of absolute narcissists uh, that you can kind of, I'm not saying you put up a shield or anything, but at least recognizing that these people are all about themselves and if you get in their way in any, in any way, shape, or form, they're going to burn you to the ground. I mean, it, are there telltale signs that you should watch for in other people? 
Well, you know, when uh, when, when somebody uh, pushes his weight around, pushes their power around, or is even threatening, even in a subtle way, uh, you know you better keep away from that person uh, because eventually the very thing you didn't like about him, you're going to be involved with and not have a choice. So the very beginning is when to know and when to back off. I mean, what's interesting is the millennials, they quit their jobs altogether. They don't even stay in bad relationships at work with their bosses, with their coworkers. They don't put up with it. But if you have no choice and you really have to uh, stick around, uh, realize that the consequences that these people have with putting their power over you will eventually affect you as well. So keep away from that. Often people who don't have the real power are the ones that push you around the most uh, because it gives them a sense of feeling, a sense of uh, being uh, listened to, being heard. Those are the ones that are the pushiest, uh, being manipulative. You know, some of the research I did, the people that are most manipulative are the ones that have, have the least to offer are the least accomplished. So remember that when someone's pushing you around. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of the order of the day now. Everybody uh, just kind of is in their own deal, and they deserve everything, and they don't really want to work that hard for anything. And I just, you, you need to understand, Dr. Birnbaum, what a wonderful human being I am. That's kind of what the, the feeling I get from a lot of people, you know? Well, you almost convinced me about you. I was shaking my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> Sounds I, uh, good. See, for me, it is a much better life because I do look back and thank, you know, my mother and my two sisters that, that raised me, Pat, a man named Pat O'Brien, uh, the, the, a lot of the fathers in the neighborhood because my father wasn't around, really were supportive and saying, hey, you're a good kid, don't worry about it, you make it. I really appreciated all their help, but I, I don't know if I could have done anything without that help, you know? You know, when you give, uh, of course, physiologically, uh, your heart... Uh, is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving is ha- gives you more happiness than anything you can uh, take from anybody. So it's very and it helps you to even live longer. That's your uh, criteria. But uh, the truth is that see, when you talk about these people and loving them for what they've done, you're giving them back positive energy. Yeah, and they're getting back even more from you without you even creating an effort to do that. So it's that feeling of back and forth of the support system that's unconditional is really what makes everyone a better person, not narcissism, not this feeling of entitlement, yeah. uh, not this anger and this ugliness that really makes things worse. You know, being a victim, uh, being someone who is uh, not in a good place and blaming other people for that gets you absolutely nowhere. It just pushes people away. Do you think we'll ever get back? Will this someday just kind of melt away, this this really selfish thing we have going around the world, but certainly in America? Do you think it will come to an end somehow, sometime? I think that uh, what we really need are, first of all, you know, mm. our, our government, our world is run by politicians. Yeah. And uh, what we really need is, the people that we really get, or I guess the word is almost higher, you know, that we vote for, um, should have a different orientation of what it means 
to get along with people. And you know what? You're too far away from me, so you can't do anything to me. But Donald Trump is actually trying to ingratiate himself with these people. Unlike Hillary, now I'm, I know I'm not apolitical here, but this is not part of our show. Right. But, you know, not trying to, uh, to antagonize and be a hate monger with other countries, uh, Russia, you know, and, and, and uh, this negativity, but embrace people that don't like you and bring them in and support them in a way so you can work with them. Isn't that the way to really go? To be able to have people on your side. That's what I like, yeah. Give them the benefit of the doubt, and then they will feel, even these dictators will feel that there's a working opportunity because they are connecting with you on a personal level. Because that's really where it all starts, sitting down at the table together with your wives, seeing that you have stuff in common, that you care about your kids, if you have kids, whatever that is. So in one sense, Donald is doing something right when he is pulling people in and supporting them uh, in a positive way. North Korea, what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. I really think that he is bringing something and going to leave something that we didn't have before. Yeah, I hope so. That would be wonderful, improving the world. uh or at least your country, as much as you possibly can. We only have about one minute left, but I want to ask you, Dr. Birnbaum, is there something about people like O.J. Simpson where in his own head, he's got it buried, but in his own head he realizes his shortcomings and he just can't can't bring him to the surface and go, hey, I need help with this or whatever. He just, look, all of us have faults. He has some very deep faults, obviously, and he's not very bright, but uh, do you do you think all of these people who have to bluster and run their mouths and all the rest of it, it's their own shortcomings they're worried about, don't you think? You know, being a celebrity is like taking a drug. It yeah. gives you a high. And, you know, people who are celebrities, and when they're not celebrities anymore, end up taking drugs because they're still missing that high. So giving that up for O.J. would mean major depression. He'd have to crash. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that's exactly where he would want to go. I think it's wonderful. Dr. Frieda Birnbaum, ladies and gentlemen, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, how do they do that, Dr. Birnbaum? Well, they could just listen to me on the radio. I'm all over the country, national, whatever, Sirius, iHeart, XM, uh, whatever those number channel stations are. I'm on uh, some television shows as well. They can see me at Trending America. I'm a regular on now and wherever. Excellent. Thank you for your time, Dr. Birnbaum. You'll get a glimpse of me here and there. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll be back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. Like <laughs> you. 
Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Doug, I have to ask, ask you a question. Sir. So yesterday the Fed said, uh, well, they re- removed the word about being patient. They, you don't, they don't ask you to be patient any longer. It looks like they're going to reduce rates again. They kept them steady this time around, but it looks like they're going to drop them again. Is, is that huge for the car business? No, not really. Oh, I mean, not. they've been okay. stable for so long. They have yeah. risen up a little bit in the last... Two years, I suppose, but they're still, you know, I remember when I got into the car business in the early 80s, people with good credit got to pay 19%. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God, so now it so went from, crazy. you know, when they, when they, when the overnight rate was down to zero, we were able to do used car rates at like 2.9%. Can't do that anymore, but it's in, no. you know, it's in the fours still, which is, you know, comparatively really low. It mm-hmm. is, but but no matter how how low the rate gets, it's really not going to affect the car business that much. No, it would be if it if it if it jumps up really quickly, then yeah. then you'd see an yeah. effect. But no, I could believe. Well, the that. car business isn't subject to quite as. It's many... not as bad as housing, right? Yeah, yeah. So the difference in uh, you know a car payment is well, there's a lot of regulations in the car business, but but not as you know, much di- as housing. That's right. But the difference in you know a car payment of it's three and a half versus four and a half percent might be twelve dollars, which in a right. house it's right. yeah, can right. I have, it's another hundred and fifty, and I don't know if I can afford it right. or even get approved. Right. Got to remember that 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 era you were talking about. What, that was in the early eighties. Yeah. Is that when it was? The, the interest rates went through the roof. And what caused that back then? Because I didn't really. I was still in my 20s, so I didn't pay attention to any of that stuff. Well, they really shot up under the Carter administration. I mean, it was just sort of a perfect formula of everything economically going wrong. We were were struggling with, uh, I guess they call them Arab oil embargoes. I'm sure there's a more sensitive way to do it now. And we'll get over it. And our economy wasn't as diversified. We didn't have big, we hadn't invented big tech yet. Right. When you looked at what our economy was based on back then versus now, it's completely different. And it was, uh, I, you know, it was one of the, and we had, we were in a recession, and unemployment was high, and rates followed. And one of the things that Reagan did that I thought was brilliant, because 
anytime you have high unemployment, it's the reason the economy slows down isn't because people have lost their jobs. It's everybody that has a job thinks they're going to lose theirs. Mm -hmm. So they just stop buying Tighten stuff. They stop buying houses yep. and cars and so on and so forth. So one of the things that Reagan did is that in those days, if you were in the military, you weren't considered employed. So he said, well, let's just, just change the way we count. Everybody that's in the active military is now on the job roll. So unemployment came down by 1.5%, and people went, hey, everything's getting good. Yeah, let's yeah, start spending true. money. And it's just all stats. It was, uh, but it was smart, you know, yeah, kind of manipulating yeah, people in a positive way, and it led to the go-go 80s um, because by the mid-80s, you know, things were, things were rocking along yeah. right, right, yeah. Through, right up to 2000 almost. There was a recession in 91, but it didn't last very long. No, in 2000 wasn't bad. 2008 was bad. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that yeah. was really scary. It was indeed. A wonderful story here. Susan Casado felt well prepared to host a birthday party of 15 to 20 guests for her son, Shemi Casado, who celebrated his fourth birthday on Saturday. But after none of the boys' friends arrived, Aww. she never expected she'd be hosting nearly 100 surprise guests at her home. Susan tells Yahoo Lifestyle that she was disappointed when her brother, Luis Melendez, was the only person to show up at the party at first. After seeing she had tears in her eyes, however, Shemi's uncle took a, to a local Facebook group to call for more people to join the celebration. Moments later, a woman arrived at Susan's home asking for the birthday boy, although the family had never met her before. This is weird, Susan recalls thinking. As people continued to arrive, the mother realized that her brother had something to do with it and eventually was shown Melendez's Facebook post advertising the party. After more unexpected guests continued to arrive, however... Susan began to worry about the amount of food that she had prepared. I felt so embarrassed, she explains. But guests didn't care about the food and drinks. Instead, they told the birthday boy's mother that they were there to make Shemi's day, which only got better once a guest uh, of honor arrived uh, from St. John's County Fire Rescue. My, third uh, my first thought was, is everybody okay? Is anybody hurt? And then they said, we're coming here to say happy birthday to Shemi. The fire department showed up. Oh. It's so funny you tell that story because my son is having a small grad party uh, okay. a week from Friday. Small so, means you're not invited. No, no, I'm, ho I'm hosting it, actually. So I, went, I decided to go back through my photo family files and find some embarrassing pictures of him to, you know, blow up full size and right. post everything. And I found a couple of great ones. But I found ones from his fourth birthday, and I'd forgotten all about this. We had rented a bouncy castle, a whole, a, castle, a whole bunch of kids showed up. But at the end of the party, there was just two of my buddies, and they're, you know, three- to five-year-old boys. I've got a picture of six of these dudes standing on our back deck naked while we're spraying all the mud off with a hose. At some point during the birthday oh, party, six mm. of these boys decided to go just totally naked and run around the oh yard and roll her up and down the hill. It was so, so like funny. Typical fawny right so now. So I'm going to blow that photo up to about that size. Yeah. <laughs> post it in the garage for his grad party. So is your yes, son one awesome. of the boys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of them, okay. And he had, poor kid, the day before his birthday, I get a phone call. Wesley got hit in the eye with a golf club. I'm at the emergency oh, room, and what? she hangs up. Oh, so okay. He's in the front yard with his older nephew, and Wesley, I've been teaching him how to play golf, you know, and so he thinks that his cousin is standing too far away from the ball. He moves in just as, as 
Oh, wax oh great. No stitches. Not good. But Lucky. we went through the whole interrogation with the ER doctor. And, yeah. You know, because oh, they're looking yeah, for child abuse, yeah, which is that's which their oh, job. They should do that, yeah. yes. Yep. So he comes back, and he's like, okay, Dad, I did Really still excited about the birthday party. I mean, it, it just, it, it looks like Ali hit him. Well, actually, um, it's probably cool then. It was, yeah. but the, the bad <laughs> thing was he was so excited about the bouncy castle before everybody shows up. Dad, can I be the first one in? I said, yeah, go ahead. He wipes out and falls right on his eye. Oh, <laughs> God. oh my God. Sounds like so an Andy funny, Bernard all these move. memories just flooded back when you started talking oh, about yes. the four-year-old birthday parties. Oh, yeah. It's a great age for little kids because they can oh, kind of navigate the world a little bit but they're still completely I like four-year-olds <laughs> yeah. I know four-year-olds are good they're stuff. good people yeah you've decided well you know where you stand with a four-year-old absolutely oh, yeah. three four five yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um when they're six me a woman just <laughs> got her, her doctorate which is great news don't you think she mm -hmm. just uh the incoming college freshman vowed that she would uh, go on to a master's degree and then a doctorate. I'm going to, well, I, I don't want to read this line because it gives away the story. Well, she did all that despite and maybe because of the druggy, sugary name she was given at birth 46 years ago, has embraced uh, proudly ever since. I first wrote about this remarkable woman 10 years ago after she earned her master's degree in higher education administration, was teaching in Beloit, where she grew up. The article went uh, viral. And she said uh, she still had a stranger saying to her, I've heard of you. Well, it's pretty easy to remember you when your name is, and I'm not making this name up, her name is Dr. Marijuana Pepsi. Oh, God. Of course it is. Uh, thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah, I really I, appreciate it. Her your, legal name. Change your name. Change it, yeah. Her legal Hot name. Hot Coke, her brother. Yeah, Pot Coke. <laughs> pot, yeah, Pot Coke. That'd be Marijuana good. what? Pepsi. Marijuana Pepsi. Uh, what are you going to do? Do you think her parents were stoned when they came up with that one? Think? I'm thinking the acorn not? didn't fall too far yeah. from the tree. Why would normal... you not change your name? Right, that was I my did. point. If you named me some weird So unfortunate. You get a lot of I attention for it, maybe once the attention. You should so go by Mary. Her birth name was Marijuana Pepsi Jackson, <laughs> but then she met Sawyer, now Van Dyke, she married uh, Frederick Van Dyke in 2017. They live on a three-acre hobby farm with pigs and chickens and such in Petonica, Petonica, Illinois. I don't know. That's near Rockford, I guess. Topanga. But her name is Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke now. Okay. That's Whatever. Why would you name your kid Marijuana Pepsi? Are you high when you do that, or mm -hmm. what? Uh, Maybe what I just said. Is her nickname is Mary Jane? Mary Jane. You might be Mary Jane P. Van Dyke, <laughs> I guess is what it would be. Very Just go with P. Now. Yeah, Van Dyke sounds a little more classy than Pepsi. Then, no, she's going to have the name Pepsi. Oh, that's her middle name. Yeah, Pepsi's her middle name. So, marijuana Pepsi. Uh, yeah. It's fitting that an African-American woman... Oh, they're, they're talking about this now. Okay, well, let's... Uh, of course. We just had to throw a race into it, didn't we? Well, that's pretty much <laughs> true. <laughs> It's fitting that an African-American woman who has gone through life as marijuana Pepsi chose her dissertation topic, black names in white classrooms. That's what her dissertation was. It's not really a black name, sure, though, is it? No, yeah, yeah, it's not really a black name. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think, like, oh, that's for sure a black name. Like, no. No. 
She interviewed black students at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, where she received her bachelor's degree, about the effect of their distinctly black names on their treatment by teachers and on their academic achievement. The young people were eager to talk on this topic. Many of the students reported an experience that marijuana knew all too well. The teacher would stop on their names while taking attendance and begin quizzing them about it in front of everyone. I'm sorry, marijuana replied to a professor who did that to her at Whitewater. You didn't ask anyone else that. Why are you asking me? Because you're the, the only one name. named marijuana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just you gotta understand. make it about how you're a victim, though, don't oh, you? Oh yeah, it's all you always have to be the victim, don't you? Oh my god. Because they know six thousand Karens. I've never met a marijuana. Yeah, I've never met real. a marijuana. Yeah. It's marijuana. I was though. there's this. Um, comedian that's big on Instagram and mm -hmm. he did a video that was like roll call in 10 years like a fourth grade classroom roll oh, call. Oh that's well, funny I did. saw that. And yeah. it was hilarious yeah. yeah it was Andy, what was it? Andy if you can find that. It's Trey Kennedy T-R-E-Y. very funny. Trey Kennedy and, and these are names of it. 10 years from now. Yeah 10 years from roll, now. roll call. While he's looking at that, uh, Marijuana's never met anyone else with that name, but she would like to. Sometimes she speaks to young people who think it would be cool to name their own child Marijuana someday. She advises so cool. against it. Marijuana producers try to friend her on LinkedIn. Uh, but, yeah, she, she basically wants to, everyone to know that she's a victim. Because okay. people pick yep. on her because she has an odd name. Bar. Then change your name. Yeah, yeah, you're not a victim of you don't like people your name, who don't your like name. your name. You're a victim of your stupid parents. Exactly. <laughs> and you well, can change your name. And you can change your name. And marijuana Pepsi is not a black name. No, that's no. just a horrible. No, yes. I figured they were just white commune hippies. Yeah, that's right. what I thought too. I mean, that's like saying that Kanye West's daughter's Northwest name is a black name. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, no, it's just name. being funny. Like, they yeah. do it to be funny. Yeah. They, were, <laughs> they were probably stoned off their butt, sitting on North. the couch, staring at the yeah. coffee table and saw a Pepsi can in their pot laying there and yeah. said, yeah. Let's name her Marijuana Pepsi. Yeah. And that's probably right. how it came about. I remember Don Rickles and, and Sammy Davis Jr. Mr. Kennedy, welcome oh, to fourth it? grade. Okay. Put so up your funny. iPad 12s. We're going to learn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> going to get going with roll call. If I say your name, just say here or raise the hand. All right. We'll get it going with Apollo. Here. Okay. Hey, Apollo 13, anyone? Before your time. Aspen? Present. Oh, I love the Rockies. Axley? Here. Got it. Pretty. Barkley? Okay. Beckett? Here. Be Beckett? Bucket? Beckett? Caspian. Caspian. That, okay. Clementine. Oh, God. I think I got the wrong list. Yeah, Let me grab the list. This is correct? Crew. Got it. Kind of like a crew of friends. That might be hard to make with that name. Uh, Denim. Present. Like jeans. I like that. That's fun. Dream. Feels like one, that one. Gaston. Present. Gotcha, buddy. Speaking of gas, that name stinks. Uh, <laughs> Harmony. With an I. Huxley. Indigo. <laughs> sorry, sorry, kids. <laughs> colorful name, colorful language. That's kind of fun. Jackston. A lot of X's so far. That's <laughs> a lot of X's. <laughs> so J. Far. Um, in the beginning, God made that name, and it was not good. <laughs> Journey. Journey, spelled differently. Two journeys, that's fun. Wonder what journey your parents want to name you that. Cason, Cannon, Caston, and Kingston. Whoa. Uh, okay, speaking of Cason, Mr. Kane little... needs a quick breather. If you give me one second. Lake. Just Lake Maddox. <laughs> Putting the mad in Maddox. I like that. Maverick. No, you're not. Max a million. Where's the, am I? Where's the cameras? Am I getting I go the prank? You go by Max? Good call. Meadow, Moon, North. Those are nouns. <laughs> My nouns <laughs> <laughs> Or your parents. I'm like, I'm to them. <laughs> Nova. 
Ooh, where's my coffee? Onyx. How many X's? Poppy? Posy, dude! Hey, but like a pocket full of posy? Yeah. I think you need a pocket full of whiskey. Promise. <laughs> I promise I'm gonna lose it. It's getting better and better. Raven. Just another animal. Rain, Here. Ridge, Here. Ronan, Here. Shiloh. Here. Sparrow! <coughs> well, yeah, I have a Sphinx. Sphinx! Wilder. His name's gonna get much wilder. Um, Winter yeah. with a Y. With I love to ask why your parents named you that. And Zev. And Zev. Wait, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, did I, miss I borrowed heavily just from Zach. Key and Peele, actually. Just wait, yeah. Zach. Oh. I can do that. Spell Zach. it for me just so I know. X. What? A Q no, U done. No, I can't. Zach, Zach, for yourself. Why do you hard enough with those names? So He's like, no, I can't. <laughs> no, 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 I can't. Have you seen the Little League announcer video? The guy rips every kid on the tree on the team. It's really funny. It's true. Oh yeah. No, the, the, it he's actually in the happened in real life. Yeah, and, and the kids are laughing because they're he's, oh, they he's are. like, okay. not only does he suck at baseball, but he sucks at soccer and football too. <laughs> Give it up for Zach Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. Well, I, when Key and Peele did theirs, it was uh, uh, it was uh, Key, <clears throat> Keegan. Was it Keegan Key or what the hell? Well, they had a Aaron, but they call it A A Ron. A A Ron. he did like black yeah. versions of white names. Yeah, yeah. Blake. 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 Yeah, that was funny. That I know, but I like it. saw this video and I was like, Fawn and Sage will fit right in. Oh my God! Look at the time. We gotta get. We gotta take a break. Be right back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had a great success following the Nutramost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose, and what makes Nutramost different from all those other programs out there? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days, but more importantly, I know how to keep it off. In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutramost Wellness Program. And collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th, at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutramost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337.
show today. It's really good. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Alex is having quite the day over there. I am having God. quite the day. You really This are. is an interesting experiment. <laughs> yes, it really is. Anyway, so Doug was telling Andy about something. So what, what is it, Doug? Well, it's a, a video on YouTube. of a, uh, He's a dad, and he's announcing the Little League team, and he just rips every player as they come to bat. And the cool thing is everybody gets it. The kids are laughing, but I don't know if Andy found it or not. But. Yep, he found it. Oh, first for the athletics, he bats leadoff, and he plays short because he's the coach's kid, but really he sucks. Let's <laughs> come it up for number eight, Wesley Attention, attention, if you need to get a hot dog or nachos, now would be the time because there won't be much to miss with number 12. <laughs> there won't be anything to miss with this kid at the plate. That's wonderful. Up third for the athletics, he doesn't just suck at baseball, he sucks at football, basketball, and soccer too. Number seven, Wayne Imoff. <laughs> And they all got it. Nobody oh, yeah, all the kids are laughing. That's how much he has a $400 bat, but he can't pitch anything. He can't hit anything. Here comes another ground ball right back to the pitcher. It's number one, Ethan Cummins. He's here for one thing and one thing only, and it's the snow cone after the game. That's funny. Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah. Absolutely. That's funny. I think it's good. It is funny. And the kid, you, know, you can see the kids laughing. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Why do you think the kids understood in this case that he was just being funny and not picking on them? Well, because when you watch somebody pick on somebody else first, then you don't feel so bad when they yeah. pick on you. I guess. And everybody's I, mean, I don't know. That was just part of growing up when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Everybody picked on everybody else. It's just how it was. But now, oh, no, I can't do that. I think kids are taught to be sensitive. Yes. You think so? Oh, yeah. God, yes. What is yeah. the upside of they teaching learn, your kid to be they sensitive? They learn from society now well, and their how teachers. to be extra yeah, well, I mean, kids, yeah. kids, it's like a kid will fall over and they look at you like, should I cry? Right. You know, and exactly. it's like if you're going to be like, oh, are you okay? Then they'll cry. Right. Yeah. But if they look at like fun, so. she'll fall and I'll be like, oh, did you have a whoopsie daisy? And she'll be like, ha ha, yeah. Right. So it. it's like they, yeah, they look at you for how they should react. That's a lot not of a generational time. thing. That's like no. just human reaction. No, no, yeah, it's I'm like, just saying that's just how kids are. Schools are trouble. teaching people to be ultra sensitive. My kids well, fall and even tell parents. me to shake it off. Yeah. Shake so what is the upside of the teaching people to be sensitive as hell? I don't know. Because it's well, tough I love think, is hard. I, no, yeah, I think I that there was a really, I mean, there's certain benefits to it, like being more accepting of, like, and, yeah, anti, homosexuality and, yeah, and like, anti-bullying. Yeah, and anti-bullying. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think that that had, that's a benefit of teaching everybody to be more sensitive, but then you have the, right. you know. On the other side of the but scale. But like everything that humans do, we go to the extreme on yeah. everything. Yeah. And that's the yeah. problem. We can never go in the middle. Like, I mean, yeah. oh, no. like no matter oh, what no. it is, 
politics, no matter what right. you chat, you decide, like, we cannot inherently choose to be in the middle of things. Well, and it's hard to describe to a kid. It's like, okay, don't be mean to that kid because he's in a wheelchair, but you can be mean to your friend because it's funny. You know, like... Kids in wheelchairs have senses of humor. No, I'm just saying you can't make fun of him. Like, can't walk, loser. You know, like, don't... That's... Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's mean-spirited, but then this is funny. It's like, kids... How do you explain that to a kid? When I dropped out of high school at 16, I was called in because I, I dropped out, and Mrs. Nyquist called me in, or Miss Nyquist, I think it was, called me into her office. She was my high school counselor. And she said, have you got a cigarette? It's the first thing she said to me, I said, yeah, okay. Wow. So I gave her, because I smoked when I was 16. Did you have them rolled up in your sleeve? No. no. <laughs> Super I her, cool. I gave her an in old girl. She said, wanna, if you want to smoke one, you can do it too. So we're sitting in her office smoking cigarettes. <laughs> And, and she Only says you. to me, I understand you're dropping out of high school. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> and I said, what? She goes, yeah, I think it's a really good idea because, you know, Tom, really honestly, to be totally honest with you, you should probably just go out and get a factory job because you got no shot. I mean, that's what she said to me. And she was not kidding. She was being very serious. And what that did for me was I went, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's good, you know. And then I just said to myself, well, I guess we'll see now, won't we? Yeah. So all it did was drive me to try harder. Yeah, to prove her wrong. Yeah, and I think that's why she did it. She wasn't a mean person at all. I think she just was poking the bears. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're a loser. I have another video. (laughs) Did you ever see the Peyton Manning thing with United Way on SNL? Yes. That is so funny where he's, like, just, like, chucking the football at kids. He's like, get (laughs) up! Yeah, I can play the video if you guys want to hear it. Smoking them. Yeah. Oh, is the audio funny without the video? I think so, yeah, because he just starts, like, yelling at the kids. Sometimes it helps to have an adult around. That's why Peyton Manning... Manning takes time out to volunteer with local youth groups. You guys ready to play some football? Yeah! Let's put our hands in. Right, we're going to have fun. We're going to encourage each other. Teamwork on three. One, two, three. Teamwork! Peyton uses football to teach valuable lessons of communication. Check, 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 check. Watch the sale, watch the sale. Pink, pink, watch the blitz. Brown, 55, Razor. Set. Open, get open. I can't even look at you. You know what? Let's have a portal that for 20 minutes. That's right. You stay in there. There you go. coaching football i mean you do see parents like that with their kids oh yeah. god yes oh god oh, some people yeah. take things way, way too, too seriously, seriously. <laughs> yeah like, just use football let them get to the, learn the logistics of this before you start harping well, oh i went i took fonda swimming lessons over the summer and well dan was in the pool with her and then i sat with sage in the little viewing area and there were these grandparents that like the kids would just be sitting there, and the grandma would stand up and clap mm-hmm. and, like, take pictures of them and be like, mm-hmm. all the time. I'm like, they're in, it's a 30-minute, like, two, three-year-old swimming class <laughs> for safety. There wasn't even any, like, competition about it, but well, she was like. the kids were super afraid of the water and this no because like no. well no because their mom would bring them every once in a while and the mom just like sat there and was like whatever well the dad's because it was twins oh. and the mom was like whatever but the grandma was just like so 
crazy about it. I was like, you need to calm the F down because <laughs> it's swimming lessons. I mean, getting back to that, you know, kids not knowing who to make fun of and stuff, I, I, I don't think that's actually true. I mean, maybe yeah. when they're very little, but when they're older. I, I, one of yeah. my favorite stories is a, a, about that kind of thing is a friend of ours had an autistic son, and they ended up putting him in a private school because the public school was just horrible to him, and the yeah, administration brutal. would not help, and they were just, people were just horrible. So she ended up going to a private Catholic school, and the jock started picking on him. And the, um, I don't know if it was the principal or just a counselor, it was a nun, brought, them, brought those kids in, the jocks, and said, I want you to understand what a day is to this kid, what he has to go through every day just to get out of the house, how mm -hmm. hard it is for him just to get to school. And she explained exactly what his day was like, how easily frustrated he was, and all this stuff. And she had those jocks crying, mm -hmm. absolutely tears. They ended up being his like guard dogs for the rest of the year. Good. And I mean, it can be taught. It's just for some. I don't understand why you can't have these conversations with kids in a public school. Why right. that would be offensive yeah, to have, their parents? I don't know. It's like have the kids understand what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes. Absolutely, right. empathy. Empathy is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they don't teach kids about you know, especially kids with autism or you know other types of disorders. Why don't they, at a young age, teach these kids exactly what they are so they have an understanding? Because kids are going to make fun of sure. and pick on things they don't right. understand. Exactly. It's just right. kind of a natural reaction. You're afraid of it, so you're going to either be mean to it, yeah, but make when, fun of it. Yeah. If you have a kid that's in a wheelchair, you say, this is, you know, whatever, whoever, mm -hmm. may. No. And they, they're in a wheelchair because they had a problem when they were born. Mm -hmm. Kids will, kid, Little kids will go, oh. They'll accept that and become friends. No, I was saying, not that you can't teach empathy, but I'm saying, his dad was saying that everybody's too hypersensitive now, that it's, like, hard to teach children, like, it's easy to teach children don't make fun of people, but it's hard to teach children, like, don't make fun of people, but then you can make fun of people on your baseball team, and that's funny. Right. You know, like, how, I that's what I, I was saying. What saying yeah. Like, yes, little kids. Yeah. We have to differentiate. There's little kids that are learning literally everything they see yeah so they can't be taught that but yeah, it's like fun i couldn't explain you know, that to her yeah no and i don't think that's what we're all talking about i think what we're talking about is as kids get older and they branch out of only seeing what their parents do or their grandparents do they're seeing what other people do in the real world like they can if they are taught not to I, I don't know, like not to be, um, like mean spirited, mean spirited, or yeah. or just like to make fun of just because they can. Yeah, yeah. like they learn how to do that in their friend groups. Like nobody yeah. would expect somebody to go up to some random person that they don't know and be like, Haha, "You look stupid." Yeah, like you do that with your friends yeah. and the people that you know. So like mm -hmm. teaching a kid at a young age, like in a in in a circle that you're comfortable with then that might be okay yeah. as long as it's okay with everyone else yeah but, but I think it's just a hard thing yeah like, like, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the reason why it's like why is everybody so sensitive now because it's like before it was like make fun of everybody who cares and now it's right. like don't make fun of anybody ever right 
you know. So it's like there's no, like you were saying before, there's right. no middle. I right. couldn't there live without making fun of people. <laughs> you make fun of people. You make fun well, of people because you like them. Like, yeah, that's, that's how true. you. Well, that's true. That's how you show affection. Well, just, you know, if you look at groups of guys, there will be guys that <laughs> have to put, push each other and slap each other, and that's their dynamic right. of yeah. the group. Yeah, right. you know, calling each other names is their dynamic. Yeah, and that's you know that's okay, right? Even Fawn understands that to a degree. I mean, yeah, she calls. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've heard poop stories, poopy pants. I don't know yeah. how many oh, times. She actually found a poop song right. yeah. on Alexa. There <laughs> actually is Alexa. a poop song. She finally found because, one. Yeah, because she'll <laughs> randomly just be like, Alexa, play sagey sage and like we'll say random things and then alexa will either be like hmm i don't know that one or she'll come up with something that sounded like that but yeah the other day she was like alexa play i poop and then she was like playing i poop by blah 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 oh I was like, and it actually is a song it's an actual song oh, yeah, I poop. Yeah, it's a big hit but i mean black like, eyed poops. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh my god but i mean even a three-year-old i mean a three-year-old understands how to how her grandpa is yeah you know making fun even though yeah. she's not no, I know. quite yeah. at that level. So, but I mean, then like, it's like t- explaining to her, like there was this person the other day that had, it wasn't anything major. It was like his nose was really big or something like that. And she's like, that guy has a huge nose. And I wanted to be like, no, oh, let's not comment on No, people's. you said yes, he does. Yes, <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's giant. I know, my, my son, he had no filter, and he would go up to people with, like, prosthetic uh, arms. What happened to your arm, you know? Yeah. And it's just... You know, I have a friend that's in a wheelchair, and she's... She's a double amputee, and she's like, I don't mind it when kids come over to no. me. Yeah, because it's better than being like, shh, don't look at her. Like, right. she shouldn't. Yeah. You know, and I just, like, I just say, you know, I was in an accident, and I don't have legs. And they go, oh, okay. But they're, you know, because yeah. they're looking. They're curious. Well, yeah. they think that she's sitting on them. They're mm. wondering yeah. where That's they what are. Andy thought. Yeah. <laughs> Andy looked under the table to find her legs. Well, yeah. and it's a perfect yeah. opportunity to teach a yeah. kid yeah. something. Yeah. She too, wasn't offended. So. Can you imagine being yeah. offended every time a little kid was I like, know. what happened to your legs? I mean, you'd yeah. lose yeah. your mind. You would never want to leave the house. Well, it's better yeah. to just be like, what yeah. happened to your legs than, yeah, like a parent be like, don't say anything to her. Like, don't look. Just walk away. Because then it's like, you feel like a, right. you know. That it's yeah. taboo. You yeah, exactly. That. And it's that's like, where kids, that, that, yeah. that's where that making fun of and that intriguing, like, oh, they're different than me. I might as well, you know, make yeah. fun of it. Yeah. Which was the whole point of mainstreaming kids into regular school before they mm-hmm. used to keep them out of school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll take a break. We'll come back with our three car selling secrets coming up Ooh. next with the family. Woo-hoo.